In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This week when I started to write this sermon, I fairly quickly ran into a problem. There are some things, some messages, some particular words that are simply hard to hear in a certain kind of setting. So take this church, for instance. There are beautiful candles, uh, beautiful vestments. We'll have incense at the next Mass. Uh, There's a paradise tree. Even you guys look spiffy on a Sunday morning. And that's why what I have to tell you may be hard to hear. Because you see, I've got good news and I've got bad news. But the bad news comes first, and this setting that we find ourselves in seems off for that, seems somehow wrong. What we really need, I think, what we need is a wilderness. John the Baptist was a man with a message, and it was a message that took him to the wilderness, uh, the safety and the order of the city in order to preach it. Luke His gospel tells us that the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness, in the desert. And then John went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sin. Repentance and sin. That is a wilderness message. My old boss, uh, Father Warren in Boston, used to say that John is about as scary a character as we come across in the Bible. I mean, he uh, dressed like a madman. His personal hygiene was questionable at best. But his message is as important for us to hear today as it was when he gave it then. So, first today, let's look at the bad news. John's words to the crowd that came to him, came out to him in the desert, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree that does not bear fruit, uh, good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And then finally at the end, one more powerful than I is coming. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Those are not easy words to hear. They are hard lessons for us, but they're right there in the Bible. In fact, in both testaments of the Bible, in Jeremiah 15 and Revelation 14, those are two places where we are told about winnowing, about winnowing. I, I think I've said uh, in a sermon here before that I have never myself seen anyone thresh. I don't know exactly that any of us has. But what it is is when a farmer brings his grain in to be cleaned. So he just gathers it all up, throws it on a cart, brings it to the threshing floor to be cleaned. And there's a giant, there's a fork, a winnowing fork that takes the, uh, all of the grain and throws it up in the air. And then wind will blow through it. And it separates the, the, um, the wheat, the good part, goes into the barn. And the chaff, the, the husks, the bad part, that goes in the fire. That's what winnowing is. 
And the prophets see in that action a metaphor for how God will winnow. That God will winnow righteous from unrighteous, good from bad. And that's hard to hear. Not only is that a foreign metaphor for us who don't know from wheat farms, um, it's also an image that I think we've been conditioned to reject. We've been conditioned to reject. Uh, Barbara Brown Taylor says that she wrote her book, Speaking of Sin, in order to focus on a small cluster of words that seem to be hard for many people to pronounce, especially in 21st century North America. Sin heads the list, followed by damnation, repentance, penance, and salvation. When these words are pronounced out loud, many of them sound like language from an earlier age, when human relationship with God was laced with blame and threat. As old as the words are, they are still redolent with guilt. We may not know exactly what they mean, but we know that they judge us. And the most obvious solution to the discomfort they provoke is to stop saying them altogether, which is what many of us have done. And she's right. We've lost our grip on the concept of sin. There, there was a time... Now, I'm not necessarily proposing that we go back to this time, but there was a time when we thought about God as this giant cosmic judge, but not anymore. In fact, our fundamental assumptions about God have changed, and see if this description of God doesn't sound uh, more palatable to us. This is a, a different in a commentary on Luke's gospel. It says, for the most part, God is a kind affable, slightly dazed and needy but very loving grandfather who has wishes but no demands, can be safely ignored if you don't have time for him, and is very, very, very understanding of the fact that human beings make mistakes, much more understanding, in fact, than the rest of us are. But a dazed, slightly addled God is not the God of the prophets. It's not the God of John the Baptist. It is not the God of the Gospels. It is the God that we think we but it is not the God that we have. John the Baptist will not let us forget that God rages at sin. He's furious at sin. And that there will be a fire of judgment that will someday come. If there has ever been an Advent message... That is it. Advent is a time for hard truths. It's a time for looking at uh, long and hard at the state of the world and at the state of our own hearts. Uh, the great preacher Fleming Rutledge, who I call the patron saint of Advent, um, said that Advent is the t a time for meditating on the condition of the lost world and the lost people in it, including ourselves. It's the time for looking with unblinking eyes at the evil around us. Just as our old friend John the Baptist, the main man of Advent, looks unblinkingly at the crowds of people who come to him as a guru in California and calls them a brood of vipers who'd better flee from the wrath to come. That is Advent. 
but. Notice the last line of the gospel today. I actually almost preached the entire sermon without noticing that it was included in the lection because it's kind of its own little paragraph right there at the end. The last line is with many other exhortations he proclaimed good news to the people. Advent is not just bad news. Advent is God turning bad good, inverting it. And that's what today is about. Gaudate, Gaudate. It's the Latin word for rejoice. And today is Gaudete Sunday. It's literally called Joy Sunday. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that the, the candle that we light specifically for this day is not purple, but rose. There is a reason for the joy that we have in the midst of a dark world. And you see, it is that Advent is eschatological, which is just really a ten-buck word that means that we can live in the now in light of what is yet to come. In this now, we need the word sin. We need the concept in order to make sense of the world around us and make sense of ourselves. All the way from systemic sin that oppresses the poor to my own persistent lack of charity. I can call it what it is. Sin is an Advent word. But the joy of Advent is knowing God will not let that word be the last word. God's got sin cornered and its days are numbered. Uh, One of my old professors in seminary named David Wells um, said this. He described it as if two people are playing chess. At a certain point, one of the players rises from the table leaving his opponent to ponder his next move. The opponent struggles with all the possibilities because he's determined to win. What he's not realized is that there are only a limited number of moves that he can make, and not one of them can change the outcome of the game. No matter what he does, he will lose. And just so at the cross, the outcome of the chess game was decided God will certainly win. Satan, however, is presently playing out every conceivable option, imagining that somehow his rebellion will triumph. It will not. So let Zephaniah's words ring across the centuries to you today. Rejoice, exult with all your heart. The Lord has put the judgments away that are against you. In the wilderness of this world, God wants us to know that he will rejoice over us with gladness. He will exult over us with a song, with singing. Sin will not be the last word. God's song over us will. So live now in the light of that not yet. And Gaudete, church, rejoice. Consider that an invitation. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.